so when I went to my workout class um, last Saturday, I had some oatmeal in the morning so that I, you know, had something in my system before I went to work out. And I had to take a uh, Pepsid because I knew I was going to get acid reflux during the class. From the exercising? I think so, yeah. Mm -hmm. I've done that where I've exercised and I get a little... Little bubble. Little little situation going on, but (laughs) that just could be a lack of fitness thing. I don't know. Well, yeah. I mean, that goes back to what I'm saying, right? (laughs) Hey, I'm working on it, all right? Hey, man, same, same. I backslid a little bit, you know? We all do. I put down the dumbbell and I picked up the beer and and here we are. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? You you can always go back to it. Yeah, you can. And it's moderation and consistency. She says after three workout classes, <laughs> not you, even in a row. You did three? Oh, in a row. Okay. You didn't do three in a no, row. No, I just oh. fucking no. I don't I mean, know. like, okay, I did I, one on Saturday. Yeah. And I'm still recovering. Like, my thighs, if I crouch down, mm-hmm. I had to say a little prayer before I try to get back <laughs> up. <laughs> the first couple days afterwards, I was, like, literally every time I had to pee, I'd have to, like, talk myself into it. Like, okay. You're going to squat down now. (laughs) You're going to fucking do this. You're going to sit down on the toilet. You got this. (laughs) Hold on to the wall if you need to. Yeah, I I literally had to hold on to the wall a couple times and be like, put my weight on my hands, put my weight on my hands. That's that's how, like, my grandma does when she gets off the toilet. I know. I I saw into my future and I didn't (laughs) like it. This is why I have to stay consistent, yeah. though, because... Then you won't have to deal with that when you're older. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Facts. I did a... Uh, I, for a minute there in my life, in my younger years, my early 20s, I went through this, I must be the pinnacle of fitness, blah, and I was, like, working out too much, because there is such a thing as too much. And there was a day I had done, like, three hours worth of working out in a row. Like, it was, like, three classes or whatever. So I wasn't just doing lifting. So I wasn't mixing it up. It was literally three hours of cardio classes. Oh, fuck. No, no, no. And, you know, I came home. I was living with my parents at the time. And my mom had made dinner for everybody. But, like, everybody else had eaten and there wasn't shit for me. And I remember seeing that, like, the empty plates of you know, the bowls and plates that the food had been served in. And then I just was so overcome with emotion that I started crying. <laughs> because, And I think it's because oh I God. had exercised too much, right? And my mm-hmm. shit was so depleted. Like, my Your ability to emotionally weird. regulate was yeah. gone. <laughs> so <laughs> I've never reacted like that since to food being present or not in really any situation. I don't mm-hmm. get hangry. I don't get whatever. That was the only time where I just completely lost my shit because there wasn't any dinner around and I don't ever want to go to that dark place again. So no more, no more dark place, no No more more three workout classes in a row. I don't care if that would make me look like a sexy ass, the the rock or Victoria's secret model or whoever the fuck. I don't care. I don't want to cry when I didn't get to eat corn or whatever the fuck it was. So (laughs) I don't even like corn that much. I was just upset that there wasn't any for me, you know? Yeah. So, no more. <laughs> <laughs> On to healthy habits. Well, and- moderation. Yeah. <laughs> On to sustainable <laughs> habits. <laughs> nice. <laughs> up 
chick sticks and everything in between. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Sapita. And you're listening to Two Salty Broads, so get ready for our salty surprise. It's spooky season. Well, it's been spooky season. Well, I mean, when did spooky season officially start for us? July 5th? July 5th, yeah. yeah. July 5th, but, yeah. <laughs> but now the rest of the world can, right. can join us. You Pumpkin know? spice is on the shelves and in it's, the hearts and bellies of everyone. And it's October. Yeah. And we're thriving. The air is crisp with smog. <laughs> It feels like a hot fart, and maybe it won't <laughs> in a few weeks. <laughs> but we can imagine that in other places of the world, the leaves are changing. Oh, they for sure are. Because mm-hmm. my uh, my company is global, so we got people all over the mm-hmm. U.S. and the world. And let me tell you, it they is talk crisp about it. where they live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not so crisp here. No, no. no. It's, it's, well, I mean, it's crispy yeah, here. It'll be, crisp. <laughs> it'll, it'll be crisp. Just give us some time. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so in honor of spooky season, the best time of the year, we wanted to do spooky episodes, right, Sapita? Yeah. And what is today's spooky topic? Ghosts and shit. Ghosts and shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that that clears it up. It does. You know, yeah. if if I was going to ask you to be more specific, <laughs> theoretically, what would you say <laughs> ghosts and shit actually means? So, Lindsay and I each picked five either stories of ghosts, hauntings, um, paranormal heebie-jeebies, um, different types of lore, mm-hmm. and we want to discuss them and talk about them and maybe scare the shit out of each other and ourselves. Yeah, that's kind of the part I'm not looking forward to because, you know, like, so I like spooky season, obviously. I'm very much a teehee. Campy. Pumpkin carving, like let's go into the haunted house, let's do all those things. But so far, what we've done for spooky season, we're <laughs> testing my upper limits, and we are. And later this month, we have a special, we'll call it, <laughs> that I'm not so proud of. <laughs> we recorded it this week, and let me tell you, uh, Lindsay was unwell. Yeah, man, I was. I had to watch a few hours of Golden Girls Did to you reset, really? man. Yeah, well, it's just because, like, and it wasn't even because I went home scared. It was like, uh, you I were just. amped. Yeah, I was amped, bro. <laughs> I couldn't go to sleep. And I was, we were up late. And I, it was, it just, it knocked the wind out of me, you know? So. Knocked the wind out of me, too. Yeah, but. sorry. <laughs> so you guys will all find out about what that means later. Um, but before we get to experience that, we get to experience horrifying ghost stories. So yeah. Do you want to start or should I start? Um, you know what? You can start. I'll okay. let you be, I'll be polite. You can start. Aww. So polite. <laughs> Don't get so, used to it. <laughs> I want to talk about a topic that, um, almost every city, every town has a variation of these. Uh, the most famous actually live within Disney. I'm what talking do you mean? about. The hitchhiking ghosts. Oh my god! <laughs> are we? Are you? So wait, hold on. I just need to make something clear because I think I'm unclear. Are you trying to suggest that the three animatronic hitchhiking ghosts at Disneyland and Disney World are a part of this? Is no, that no, 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 no? I'm just talking about hitchhiking ghosts or vanishing hitchhiking, vanishing hitchhikers. Vanish. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. The, okay. the, the supernatural phenomena. So what? It, so it's like people are driving and they see something on the road, or so people are driving and they meet a hitchhiker. I mean, I think 
Like they'll pull over and pick somebody they'll, up. They'll pull over and legit pick somebody up. Okay. And this hitchhiker will like subsequently just vanish oh, without any shit. explanation. It's either after they drop them off or like just inside the moving vehicle, they'll just kind of disappear. Um, there are stories from around the world. Um, and the first probable hitchhiking ghost was recorded 400 in a 400 year old manuscript. What? Yeah. Um, well, they like pull over in their horse and buggy and they picked him up or what? I, I don't the hay know. Cart, he hopped in. I don't know the details, but oh, I know okay. that it took place um, and it was recorded and written by a priest in Sweden. So that's like interesting. Some distance. Yeah. Um, these lore d- generally include the hitchhiker borrowing a garment for warmth. <clears throat> like, you'll like legit. Yeah. Like they'll say, Hey man, I'm cold. Can I borrow this jacket? And they- or like a scarf or something. Yeah. What? And they'll leave some sort of information encouraging the motorist to contact them later. Um, and then this borrowed garment is sometimes left on the gravestone of the deceased. Now this could either be the deceased hitchhiker or of the driver if they pass shortly after this encounter. What? No. Mm-hmm. That's that's scary. Yeah. And sometimes when these motorists talk about this weird, you know, person that they picked up on the highway whose name was XYZ, they look like this, mm-hmm. you know, but then they disappeared after they dropped them off. Sometimes the family or friends would be like, yo, shit, that was like your great uncle Murphy. So like they didn't know what great uncle Murphy looked like, but they described him and the relatives that did know him were like, Oh damn. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Um, there's also a popular variant in Hawaii, the goddess Pele. I -hmm. I hope I'm pronouncing Pele. Pele. There Mm -hmm. you go. Sorry. I apologize. Mm -hmm. Um, she travels around the road incognito and she rewards kind travelers. So that's kind of a, a, you know, be kind to your fellow Hitchhikers? Hitchhikers, yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna I be mean, honest. I'm not gonna I'm probably not gonna pick one up. No, I mean I think the eight the seventies and eighties kind of ruined yeah. hitchhiking. Yeah. Uh you know, the murders I mean <laughs> were not ideal. Uh mm-hmm. so fifty fifty, is it a ghost or is it a murderer? It's a hundred percent chance I'm not pulling <laughs> over then. <laughs> exactly. And actually in our town, mm-hmm. um, in Southern California, we actually have a very popular hitchhiker that many people have claimed to see. Um, and it's actually a local legend that it's a uh, high school student um, that is wearing like all white. And it's it's like a dress or, or like, I don't even, I don't know if it's like a nightgown or mm-hmm. a prom dress or, and they're always standing on a corner of an empty road, usually late at night or like very early in the morning, like 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. And I know mm-hmm. that you have a connection Dude, with this ghost. I swear I saw that bitch. I swear. I swear. And so I didn't really know anything about her. I I went through a little club phase, a little clubbing phase. Yeah, you the know. two of us went through yeah. that phase. Yeah. 19, 20, I was hitting the club quite often. 21, Lindsay, 21. Well, there's un- there's 18 and up clubs. Sure, yeah, okay. But you weren't drinking at those. <laughs> no, 18, no, of no, course no, not. No, of course no, not. No. Of course not. <laughs> Um, anyway, coming home from, from the club and it was probably like three or something. Cause you know, uh, it takes probably like an hour to get home thing closes at two. Right. Yeah. So it's like three o'clock and I was driving home and I was about to turn on to this main road and it's so late sleepy town. Like it's just 
there's no cars mm-hmm. and it's just me and there was nobody in the road and I'm about to turn right and I swear to you out of nowhere and obviously it's 3 a.m. Maybe I was tired, whatever, but I saw no person and then all of a sudden right in front of my car, there was this figure of a person. It was a blonde woman and she, I thought it was a white bathrobe. But from what I and I, I didn't know anything about this legend and what what the, the prom dress thing that was all new to me until today, until we talked mm-hmm. about it. I had no idea. It looked like a bathrobe to me. So but I might it was 3 a.m. and it was momentary. So I might have just misread it. Mm-hmm. But it was like very cinematic in the sense that she was facing um, if uh, she was facing away from my car, like she, her body was turned to the side and all of a sudden her head turned very sharply and she was looking at me in the car and I played it cool like. I don't play things cool, <laughs> as we'll find out later this month. But I didn't like yell. I didn't like oh shit. I didn't. I didn't say anything inside. I got like scared, and I had like that adrenaline rush because mm-hmm. it scared me. Because I thought, oh shit, I almost ran somebody over just now. <laughs> but then I thought, well, wait a minute. I didn't see anybody. How could she? And so she looked at me. She just stared at me for a second, and then she just finished crossing the street. And then I didn't see her anymore. When I went, I turned the corner and I looked at the the corner to see if she was still there. I didn't see the bitch anymore. So, like, did I imagine that? I don't know. Did all these other people that are talking about her imagine it? I don't know. Yeah. I didn't even know about her when this happened. So it's not like I was looking for her. I I didn't even know about it. I just talked about it, and people like, oh, you saw her. You saw her, and I'm like, who? Who's her? And then, you know, they explained it, and I'm just like, oh, shit. So yeah. I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. It, it, it's a mystery. It's a mystery, but it, it's creepy, and I, you're not the only person I know that's seen, seen her? her. Yeah. Really? So, yeah. I wonder, did they describe her the same? Uh, they didn't say bathrobe, but in some stories, she doesn't have a face. Oh, um, that's, that's scarier. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it, in all the stories, she's just dressed in all white. Okay. She was definitely in a white bathrobe, at, from what I remember. But yeah. again, it was a moment in time, and I don't think I was probably thinking straight. <laughs> okay. All right, yours, your turn. Okay. So that was cute. Um, <laughs> I, I, uh, so I'm gonna go with the the catacombs of Paris. Ooh, yeah, love man. It. There's so many things about it that are like a nope for me. I tried to base all of my choices on what would make me say nope. And the catacombs is a nope. On a scale of one to ten, how nopey is it? It's like a six. I would go down there for sure. Like on a tour, I'm not doing no spooky bullshit tour. I'm going business hours in a group. And I am not straying from anywhere outside of where the tour guide says. You know what I mean? I'm not touching bullshit. I might snap a pic, but I'm not being disrespectful. I'm not going to flip off any any skull in there. I'm not going to like look at anything, stick my tongue out at any. I'm going to be very respectful in there <laughs> because there are over six million dead people down there. Sorry, what? Six million dead Parisians are down there. There's a chance that maybe one of them wasn't a good guy. <laughs> And I am not looking to piss off that one guy. You know what I mean? So how did the catacombs come to be? Because, like, is there a catacombs of California? No, there's not. And so what happened is, obviously, America is a little bit younger than parts of Europe. Mm -hmm. And in the earlier, uh, let's see, 19th century Paris, um, things were not so clean, right? So, like... All of Europe. Right. I mean, plumbing wasn't a thing. People kind of just throwing their shit buckets out into Mm -hmm. the street. 
things like that. So basically what happened in Paris is the unclean conditions led to people dying uh, a lot. And the cemeteries and all that shit got filled up. And so, okay, now what? So they were just running out of places to put people and piles of dead bodies led to all these strong odors and it was making people sick. Either just the smell was making them sick or the physical presence of all this rotting flesh was actually making Mm -hmm. people sick. So they had to do something about it. And so there was this like abandoned mine. um, And so they started shoveling people down there um, and they ended up having to move the bodies at one point because they needed more space. Mm-hmm. There was no more room in the cemeteries again. So Parisians, I don't know what's going on, but there's a lot of you. And <laughs> and so uh, the in the 19th century, they got a makeover. Uh, the catacombs got a makeover. So now today, what we know it as is, you know, the, the ornate walls with all yeah. the skulls and things like that. And the catacombs uh, had multiple functions. So in World War II, the salty researcher told me that uh, the French were leading resistance fighters, basically uh, opposition to the Axie powers uh, through the city of Paris and all over France via these catacombs because like not everybody knew how to navigate them, but it was a super quick way to get across the city mm-hmm. so that they were used during that time. So you can just imagine that the catacombs, there's a lot of life, a lot of energy people using that like wartime people dying whatever and the catacombs were then opened to the public and uh they were you could technically visit them from 1809 on to visit loved ones or whatever and it's kind of morphed into this like tourist attraction that we see today and there have been a lot of weird things that have allegedly happened in the catacombs, which honestly, I don't know. Like, that, to me, that makes sense. Like, if you're an energy person, whatever. Like, there's six million dead people down there. Yeah. Just seems like there's a chance something spooky could happen. So there, um, there's this group of people, and they call themselves cataphiles, a.k.a. fans of exploring the catacombs, a bunch of psychopaths, because <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, let me go trope around, you know, trapes around in the... In hallways of dead people. I, no way. No. Absolutely. Nope. Bold italicized underline. No. <laughs> but anyway, these guys are running around. They find a video camera and the, it had footage on it. And so they watched it. And in the footage, they hear these really weird, disturbing noises. And so what they're looking at, and you can look this up on YouTube. You is this, wait, see, this is real? This is what, yeah, you can look the video up on YouTube. Yeah. Was this shit doctored? I don't know. I mean, technology's crazy. People can do whatever. But what they're saying is when they opened the camera and looked at it, this guy that was holding the camera, he was lost and became very frantic because he couldn't figure out how to escape. And so in the in the video, as he's trying to navigate, um, he is hearing, there's like strange noises recorded. And then, you know, the camera cuts out and, and that's it. We, he dies because he couldn't find his way out. Um, Did they find his body? Uh, they actually don't know, but there was a guy that did disappear down there and they found him 11 years later. Wow. So I don't, it wasn't the same guy. Those, that was another guy. Um, and so there's a legend that says if you are in the catacombs after midnight, the walls begin to speak. You'll hear shit that's trying to persuade you to, you know, like, come, Sabita. Oh, hell no. 
Yeah. Hell no. Or like maybe it sounds like a family member or something. It's trying to persuade you to venture deeper into the catacombs, right? Mm -hmm. Until you can't find your way out. I, I wonder how much of that is like, so you hear, you know about this legend now, right? Let's say you go down there for oh, a nighttime yeah, tour. Yeah, for sure. My mind's going to play tricks on exactly. me. Exactly. You're going to, you're looking for voices and you're going to start hearing shit yeah, and you're going to make yourself gonna crazy. The wind is going to probably blow through one of those That's what I'm saying. Caves. That's what I'm saying. And that's why I refuse. Tour. There's got to be at least 25 people on this tour <laughs> and I got to keep eyes with the tour guide at all times. I would be right behind that guy the whole time. I am not fucking around. You have a leash on him. For real, I would I would put the 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 you know little backpack things yeah. that the kids wear with the leashes, and I'd have him hold it, <laughs> make sure I didn't get scared and and run away or yeah, wander that, off. Yeah, because that's that happens. happens. It's happened. That hap- yeah, yeah, it has happened. <laughs> you said that's a cave system. Yeah, yeah. Man, have you ever been in like under in an underground system or something like that? Like um, like for instance, I've been in in an underground salt mine. Yeah, a salt mine, not mine. Like I, you're talking about your mind telling you thing. Like, oh man, right? just being underground gave mm-hmm. me a headache. Like mm-hmm. I can see that shit. And just imagine like, a bunch of bones, uh, bunch of bodies, just endless bones, endless femurs lined you, up. <laughs> seriously, no, I don't know. Unwell. And so Unwell. in 2004, there was police officers down there just doing some exploring, whatever. They fucking found this whole secret closed off area. It had. A PA system that had pre-recorded guard dog noises. What okay. the fuck? Yeah, and then they found three thousand square feet of galleries with f- uh, wired for phones that were using pirated electricity from up above. And in there, they found a bar, a living area, a workshop, lounge, cinema that could seat up to twenty people. So people were like living down there and built this whatever. And um, the cinema seats had been carved into the wall of the catacombs and. They found cameras on the ceiling recording the police officers, right? And so the police went back to go get some more reinforcements, whatever, went back to the same area. Everything had been cleared out, and all that was left was one note. And it said, and I'm going to butcher this French, so if you're a French person or if you speak French, I am sorry. I took Spanish in high school. (laughs) (laughs) It's ne cherchez pas or something. Ne cherchez pas, which Mm -hmm. means don't search. No. Just that. That's no. all the note said. I'd be like, sounds good. Be like, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd look up at the camera and be like, okay. Officer, <laughs> this sounds like a good idea over here. And be like, <laughs> I'd quit my fucking job as a cop and that'd be it. Yep. So, yeah. So, honestly, because these catacombs are so vast and wide, there's, you know, cataphiles or whatever the fuck they're called. They know stuff. There's stuff way deep down there that we don't know. We don't want to know. Nope. Fuck the lizard that people place. of LA could be down there. That, exactly. Are There's the lizard, lizard people, people of Paris down of Paris, there. Yeah. No, I, I respectfully say no mm-hmm. to the 6 million dead people down there. Like we know my <laughs> conditions, the tour, 25 people, monkey leash backpack. You only go in a little bit and then exactly. you guys come back I'm out. Exactly. Stick my head in and go, hmm, that's just cool. Just the tip. And yeah, yeah. Just, just the tip. Just the tip. Yep. Just poke my head in and be like, oh, saw it. <laughs> And then I'm going to go eat a baguette across the street with some warm butter because that sounds like the Paris that I want to (laughs) experience, you know, above ground. I want to feel the sun on my face and no voices in the walls. (laughs) Well, that's that's fucked up. That that's Mm -hmm. um, segueing onto something just as fucked up. Oh, good. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I took Spanish in high school, but if I butcher this... Oh, dear. I am sorry. Um, this is the legend of La Llorona. You didn't roll the R, but I guess everything I else ca- is I okay. Can't, you can't I roll can't, your R. No, can you say it? Please? La Llorona. 
There you go. That's how you're supposed to. I can't. <laughs> Watching you do that alone was, was worth the price of admission. <laughs> I'm Persian. I can't roll my arms, but I can make a sound like there's no like one, nobody's business. Like nobody's business. Um, it translates to the weeping woman or the wailer. Um, it is a Hispanic American vengeful ghost or spirit who said to roam uh, waterfront areas mourning her drowned children. So did they just like wander off and drown? So there's different stories. Oh. There's different variations okay. of it. Yeah. But these stories date back to earlier, early colonial times. I'm talking like 1550 in Mexico City. Um, it possibly may have Aztec mythology um, interwoven into it. Uh, some people might think that it could be the hungry woman. And, like, the reason why she's crying is because she's crying for food. She's hungry compared to La Llorona, which I'm sorry. I can't say the R. <laughs> I can't roll my R, but her wailing for her children. Um, there's also evidence of pre-Hispanic origins in the Central Highlands as well. Um, it's most commonly associated, though, with this colonial era and the dynamic between the conquistadors and the indigenous women. The most common lore, because th there's various lores, mm -hmm. uh, the most common, though, is that of an indigenous woman who murdered her own children. Damn. Her children were uh, born from a wealthy Spaniard, and when he abandoned her, she drowned them. And she's Whoa. crying for... For what, she, him to come back, or because she regretted because she, killing because them? Because she killed her children, yeah. So she just felt bad about it? Yeah. Mm. Now th there's different variations um, that are that are used to tell the story, and and basically they use the story of La Llorona as a um, tale warning people, uh, you know, against something. So f in Mexico, it encourages women to not wander off into the dark because then La Llorona will get you. Why would La Llorona want to get a woman who wandered off? What's the she's, motivation She's a there? vengeful um, spirit. Oh, she, so she just sees women and she's like, bitch, and then yeah. just kills you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, in Guatemala, uh, it warns people of having affairs. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the, one, the version I've heard most out here, because, uh, you know, growing up in Southern California, mm -hmm. there, there's a lot, a lot of, of mixing of cultures. Yeah, a lot things. of mixing of cultures. Mm -hmm. And I swear to God, this story scared the shit out of me oh, when damn. I was younger. Like, these kids were telling me that, like, if you misbehaved, um, that La Llorona will come grab you from your bed and drown you in the river. Oh, shit. And, like, fuck, fuck that. Like, Krumpus, like, La Llorona... Yeah, Parents, I love what are you He's teaching cool. your children, man? How to behave. Dude, you're not you going to listen to me. You're going to listen to this evil entity. <laughs> yeah, that's going to fucking murder you in your yeah, bed. Yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> but you behaved, didn't you? Oh, man. I mean, I started crying to my mom. My mom's like, you're Persian. Like, we don't believe in that. <laughs> She's not going to get you because you're Persian. <laughs> yeah. She's like, um... And, and yeah, so in, in Venezuela, she's just the spirit of a woman who died of sorrow after her children were killed. So that is the story of La Llorona. And there's actually a lot of like films about this. Have you seen spirit. any of them? I saw one actually. Is it good? I I don't. So I don't no. remember. Okay, so no. Yeah. <laughs> it, you know what it is? It, it it's like the other films. You know, it it. I think The Ring kind of started this. You okay? Why are you looking at my...
there was just this like not i'm not trying to scare you there was just like this weird light that like looked like a projector rolling up oh so i was looking at it outside i don't know what the what a hell it could have been because oh. there's no projector so maybe, maybe was... your neighbors i don't know okay sorry all right <laughs> <laughs> um she's about to pop over that wall and teach dude. us a lesson for talking bad about her sorry la Yorona, you're really keep doing you girl yeah <laughs> the movie was really good i swear yeah yeah may they have another franchise yeah. okay <laughs> no it was just like all the other like horror films of the time the nun and, and i think it's that. hard to build an actual story off of a, a truly scary meaningful story off of something other than some pissed off lady gonna well, drag you into a river and, and that's the thing like she's she's a lore right mm-hmm. so it's not like it's the um it's like the conjuring house right because the conjuring house they made a couple of pretty successful films mm-hmm. based off of that and i think it's tied to a place where she's tied to an idea mm. And I think that's a little bit harder to execute. It's a little more abstract. I think you have to you have to put a little bit more effort into fleshing out the story. And if you exactly. don't, then yeah. we have what we've got. Which, again, it was not bad. Like, I've seen some terrible horror films. We yes. both have. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and, and honestly, the, the story was fine. It wasn't my favorite, but it was fine. Mm-hmm. Okay. I probably won't ever watch it, but yeah. there's plenty of other things that can terrify me into no yeah. sleeping. You you mentioned The Conjuring House. So I'm not going to talk about The Conjuring House, uh, mostly because fuck that place. Um, (laughs) I did get bamboozled into watching the first. So the second Conjuring film doesn't bother me. I refuse to watch the first one ever again. Now, tell everyone why. You have a you have a hard line when it comes to horror. I got films. a hang up, yeah. So horror, I love it. I'll fuck with it. Slasher films, all that stuff. Even ghost stuff, I'm fine. Like it's fine. But when we get into the whole like demon possession thing, it really depends on how it's done. But for the most part, I don't fuck with it. Just because I I don't know. You know, I feel like there's you're just asking for trouble being entertained by something that may or may not be pretty fucking real i don't know like to me if you like it like that's fine watch it i don't care just don't make me watch it that's all i'm saying Mm -hmm. like if it makes if i'm not coming out of there going wee that was so fun i'm scared and me going okay gotta have the lights on what was that noise like that's not fun for me i don't i don't want to fuck with that so um like i said the second conjuring Mm -hmm. i actually think it's a really good movie and that movie is about um like possession stuff. I just, I like it. And okay. Patrick Wilson. <laughs> you like that too. <laughs> <laughs> and that makes it a little easier to deal with too. But <laughs> but the first one's a nope. The first one's a nope for me. It's a little too scary for me. Um, Have you ever seen Sinister? Yeah. And I like that one. That with one's Ethan okay. Ethan Hawke? Yeah, that one's all right. And you were, you were fine? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I've seen Insidious. I'm telling you, it's weird, right? Like my line is. That's just like a monster though. I mean, it's kind of a demon monster. Though. Well, like I like Insidious, and that one is uh, definitely supposed to be some kind of red demon guy that lives in like space or whatever in the other realm, right? And he. Mm. When I haven't the kid, seen that movie. I really want to watch. You've it. never good. seen Insidious. It's good. The kid like astral projects, and yeah. that also has Danny Wilson in it. <laughs> Jesus Christ! So what <laughs> about the like Conjuring House that you're happen. not going to talk about? Oh, okay. So <clears throat> I'm not talking about the house, but in the world of James Wan and the Conjuring universe, I actually don't know which movie it's in, but 
there's a woman who's mourning the death of somebody and she puts on this bracelet and there's a problem when she puts on the bracelet. So that particular scene, and if anybody knows what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. And if you don't, don't worry about it. But there's a scene, this woman has a problem with the bracelet and that is loosely based on an actual artifact belonging to the people that worked on the conjuring house. So Ed and Lorraine Warren, two very famous demonologists that um, I think they're the, if I'm not mistaken, the only um, exorcists that the Catholic church recognized other than priests. Um, and they just made a career out of going to places purported to be haunted or. Sorry, I just closed the curtain cause I didn't want her to see anything. You want me to look out there and no. see some shit? Cause you know what? I will, I will. Leave. I know you're getting into the demonic shit we and I cut, just want to close this. We will cut this episode short. <laughs> um, cause the mics will be broken. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, the the Warrens over the years, they collected a lot of items that were supposedly haunted or cursed or possessed or or whatever, a myriad of things. And even some that are, you know, exaggerated. And whether you believe them or not, that's not really what the debate is. But one of the items in their museum, which is their home <clears throat> or was their home, is the Pearls of Death. And... Wow, that just gets straight to the point, doesn't it? I know, right? <laughs> there's there's no messing about about what it could be, right? Although I did find out that a pearl necklace isn't <laughs> is not just the pearl necklace. <laughs> I was today years old when I found out that a pearl necklace could also mean jizzing on a chick's neck or anybody's neck. Just getting jizzed on your neck. You can give yourself get a pearl necklace. I mean, I guess you could give yourself a pearl necklace. That'd be pretty Yeah, impressive. you could, right? I guess it just depends on which way it leans, but does it like up? Unless right? you're laying down and it goes up and then comes down. You, know, you give yourself a eye patch, maybe. You hit it just right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, I learned that's what a pearl necklace is. So that's so not what... what about the pearl necklace of death? So that's not, yeah, that's not what this pearl necklace is, but what it is is that there, it's a real set of pearls that this woman was given, and the details about her are a little fuzzy, but she, when she placed the pearls on her neck, she, every time she did, she kept feeling like something was strangling her, and it got to a point where people around her had to yank the pearls off of her, like physically rip them off to save her. Um, and the uh, caretaker of these objects now, uh, Tony Spera, this is Ed Lorraine Warren's son-in-law, I believe, he explains that... It's likely linked to an object that someone put a curse onto, right? So this, whoever performed some kind of incantation or ritual to put the bad vibe or the or bad energy or whatever it is into these pearls. So the I don't know if it was to curse this specific woman or if it got passed around, but that's what he thinks is that it's some kind of um, cursed piece of jewelry, and so it just sits in this glass case in the occult museum. And um, you can see the pearls on display. You can't touch them, but they are there. And fucked up. Fucked up. I don't. I don't want to wear those. If somebody was like Sapita, one million dollars, put the pearls of death on. You got to wear it for ten minutes. Yeah, I'd do it. You'd do it. Yeah. Okay. I don't know, man. <laughs> see, I, I'm like. I, I mean, as soon as you take it off, it's worn off. Yeah, right? but what if the pearls got smarter and they're like, somebody's gonna try to rip me off next time. I'm gonna be unrippable. I, I I don't know, man. <laughs> <sighs> okay, fine. You don't like my pearls of death? Then what do you got? All right. I've got the Amityville house. Speaking of 
cases turned mm-hmm. into uh, just actual films. The Warrens worked on that, right? Didn't they or no? I believe so, but I I, I don't actually mistaken. know. I, okay. I thought they did. But I, I'm I not thought sure. they did, but but in order to talk about the hauntings, we have to go back to November thirteenth, nineteen seventy four. Why? Um, so in the town of Amityville in Long Island, 23-year-old Ronald J. DeFeo Jr. shot and murdered his entire family, which includes his parents and four siblings. Damn. Um, 13 months later, the Lutz family purchased this cheap-ass house because <laughs> it was $80,000. Did they ask why by any chance? Yeah, it was because of the murders. I think and they, they had did, to They disclose. knew and didn't care. They knew. $80,000 for a fucking house. No way, man. Four or five murders? Forget that shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Six six murders. Sorry, six murders. That's bad yeah. jujus. Yeah, but, I mean, they didn't stay there long. They were only there for less than a month. 28 days. 28 days? 28 days. Why? So here... Is what happened. <laughs> uh, the stepfather, George Lutz, um, had previously dabbled in the occult. So this wasn't something that he was unfamiliar with. However, he said that he would wake up at 3.15 a.m. every morning, which is around the same time that Ronald carried out his murders. Mm-hmm. Um, they'd also like smell these strange odors and see green slime oozing out of the walls and keyholes. What the fuck? Yeah, but they always do that. Yeah, yeah. apparently. <laughs> um, they would also experience cold spots in certain areas of the house. Now, shit's getting weird, so they call in a priest. Now, when the priest comes to bless the house, to be like, okay, get this shit out, right? Mm-hmm. He allegedly heard someone scream Get out when he was in one of the rooms. No way. So he got the fuck out and he told the the, the Lutzes like, to not sleep in that room. He's like, yeah, that room's off. That room's off limits. Off limits. Now y- y'all don't. Uh, you don't. You're not a five bedroom house yeah. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, other things that would happen would be the garage door would open and close by itself. Mm-mm. Um, an invisible spirit apparently knocked down a knife in the kitchen. This one's fucked up a pig-like creature with red eyes was staring down george and his son from a window in the house no no Mm -mm. um nope one morning george woke up to his wife kathy kathy levitating off their bed oh and apparently their sons levitated together in their beds as well oh come on so yeah they got the fuck out so they just picked up they, and moved. They and picked that's up it. and moved, and that's and it. And whatever was bad juju's there did not follow them. No, it did not. So did anybody live in that house after? Uh, let's see. I'm actually I I didn't look into that because like does that house still exist? Do you know? Uh, it does. Oh, is anybody in it? It does. Oh, and the original killer Ronald. Uh-huh. Um, he died. In 2021. Oh, shit. So he was, like, in prison yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, the the home original address was 112 Ocean Avenue, but it was changed to 108 to deter tourists. Um, let's see. Reading through, it was been on and off the market four different times since the murders, um, and it was last listed in June 2016 and sold in March 2017, for six hundred and five thousand dollars. 
So does anybody live in it or did someone I buy it? So. I believe I, I, I believe what people the f- live there. Okay, you hear about these things. It's and, a big ass house too. But like whether these things are true or not, you hear this stuff might be true. Wouldn't you just rather, you know, not oh, roll the dice and just yeah. be 100% sure that you're not going to be fucked with? I mean, I'm looking at, like, pictures of the inside of the house, too. $605,000 in Long Island. Shit. Does it get you a lot of house? It gets you a lot, and yeah, it's nice. Is it nice, or is it, like, creepy I mean, it, nice? I mean, it's it's on water, too, so it's got its own little boat dock. Hmm. I mean, come on, Lindsay. All right. In this economy? Yeah, you know what? Excuse me, you're right. Why don't we just yeah. run out to Amityville then and buy it? It's it's on a ten thousand uh, square foot lot. Oh, good. Just plenty enough square footage for me to, I don't know, run away. Actually, that's too much square footage. I'd get tired before I'd get to the end of the property. The ghost would get me for sure. <laughs> I wouldn't make it very far. Well, yeah. fuck that place. I'm not going there. No way. Well, a million know. dollars you spend the night, would you? I'm talking about buying the place. Bro, <laughs> you and I are cut from a different cloth. I thought we were the same. We're not the same. <laughs> Apparently not. Nope. Okay. So, fine. Amityville doesn't bother you. Do dolls bother you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, good. So maybe we're going to find some common ground here. <laughs> um, fuck dolls, right? They're mm-hmm. kind of just not great. They're, you know, I don't know what's worse. The ones that don't blink or the ones that do. You know, like those baby dolls when you lean them back, their eyes close and they open. The ones that have a half blink. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) those are actually fully close. Okay, well, neither of these dolls blink, but they are equally scary. So I'll start with the more popular one that everybody knows, and then we'll go to the more lesser known one. So dolls, I think, have always been associated with creepy shit, probably because of like, you know, voodoo and things. Mm -hmm. People can put bad things into the dolls or curses or whatever um and obviously the most famous example being annabelle and again a part of the conjuring universe and the warrens find themselves at the center of this but the basic story is that this nurse uh donna in the 1970s was gifted a raggedy ann doll from her mom Mm -hmm. this woman so i've got questions about this already okay (laughs) Not trying to be judgmental, but this woman's 28 fucking years old, and her mom gave her a Raggedy Ann doll. I love my mom to death, but if she gave me a Raggedy Ann doll when I was almost 30 years old, I'm going to be like, what the fuck? Sorry, mom, but like, why? You know, I'm not going to be... And apparently Donna was like super thrilled about it. She was like super happy to have the doll. Maybe it was like different back then. Maybe, but... I'm still not sold. But anyway, she was so excited about the stupid doll that she comes home. Sorry, not stupid doll, the doll. And she comes home and shows the other, her roommate, the other nurse, you know, and okay, cool, cute. We have this little Raggedy Ann doll. And so all of a sudden the, the doll, you know, it's on the rocking chair, whatever. And all, and she'd start to move around the room. Raggedy Ann would start to move around and, you know, they kind of maybe think, oh, somebody else, you know, hey, you're moving it or no, I thought you were moving it type of thing. And things start to ramp up where they're finding parchment, pieces of parchment paper, which they didn't have. They had like college ruled paper and there's <laughs> parchment paper being found all around the house. It said, help me on it. Um, and so I think they kind of started to, to feel that um, there was a little ghost girl basically attached to Raggedy Ann. And so they kind of developed some sympathy for the doll. 
And that, uh, according to the Warrens, was like the, the first bad decision. Because they felt sympathy for mm-hmm. it. And I don't know if that means it gives it power or, what, or giving it attention gives it power. I don't know. But um, creating kind of a human attachment to it kind of started the... Because the, whatever was in it, according to the Warrens, they were looking... They were using the doll as like a temporary state like a motel and they're looking to buy a house i.e go into a person oh right no 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 so uh, donna's boyfriend he got some you know they call it the mark of the beast so those scratches on him um you know stuff kept moving and so things just kind of kept getting worse and so basically what ended up happening is the the warren's um uh, ended up getting a hold of Annabelle. And so the there was an exorcism performed on the apartment and the Warrens got a hold of the doll. And when they were driving back home, they buckled it into the back in the back seat and their brakes uh, kept going out. And so when Ed Warren took out his holy water and sprayed it on the doll, the brake problems stopped. Um, and so at the house... Before they put the Raggedy Ann doll um, in in its current casing where it is right now, um, things were happening. So the doll would like levitate and go all over different parts of the house. Um, and it would, you know, they'd lock it in, a, in an office room and it would end up in another room. Uh, and so it got out of hand and they're like, okay, we need to lock her up. And so they constructed this special glass and wood case that has the Lord's Prayer and St. Michael's Prayer inscribed on the case. And um, periodically, for the rest of Ed Warren's life, he would say a binding prayer over this case. And so she's been locked up pretty much almost exclusively since then. Um, And people can see the Annabelle doll, but they're instructed to not touch or antagonize it. And a few people that have, like, made jokes about her or, like, taunted her when being there on their way home. Uh, You know, something happened, like, near-fatal car crash or... um, you know, and and in the rearview mirror, they just see her in the rearview mirror before the crash. There was a guy that made fun of the doll with his girlfriend on a tour, and he was driving home on his motorcycle, and he did die. He and his girlfriend died, and um, and or the girlfriend, I'm sorry, she didn't die. She almost died, and she, after recovering, claimed that at the time of the accident, they had been uh, kind of you know laughing and chuckling about the Annabelle doll or whatever. So. I, well, I don't know. See, this is to me, and some people may say they don't believe it, and okay. I don't really know where I land on it, but where I, what I do know is that... <laughs> you will not antagonize her? No. I'm not going to... There's no amount of money. You could literally say, Lindsay, $50 million. You go up to that doll and you say some shit. I'm going to literally tell you no. I wouldn't even chance it, because I know there's a 100% chance if I don't, antagonize it that i'm probably gonna be okay (laughs) but if i don't mm, i don't know i don't know i'm not gonna live very long to spend that 50 million then or at the very least you'll be paranoid for a couple days exactly so i mean would you 50 million you go up and antagonize annabelle yeah oh my god you have no limits okay 50 million dollars dan would you do it hell yeah yeah there you go that's Mm -mm. a lot of fucking money okay that's fine how about robert you know about robert He's a little creepy doll. You know about him? No, I don't know about Robert. I'll tell you about Robert. Robert's a little sailor, okay? He's a cute little sailor boy. 
And uh, Robert. Did he say see you later, boy? Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Go home, Dan. Okay. <laughs> so Robert uh, is uh, dates back to the 1900s. And this little boy, Eugene Robert Otto, real mouthful, that name. Mm-hmm. He was given this little handmade doll, which I believe was originally part of like a window display. He was kind of a unique doll. He was not... Um, uh, like something you could buy off the shelves. And so his parents, um, the he was gifted uh, this doll by the servant in the house, the house servant. Oh, that was nice of them. Yeah. And so uh, Eugene went by Gene, and then so he named the doll Robert after Robert as his middle name. Mm-hmm. So he became attached to his little new friend, but shit started to not go so good because... Uh, Robert started to act a little spooky, as we know, with creepy dolls and, and creepy all the, kids and creepy kids and all that stuff. It all starts out fine. And it seems like, oh, I've made a new friend. And so there was one day where um, Robert was seen staring at the edge of staring at Jean at the edge of the bed. Right. And like dolls, they kind of just have that dead stare. But it's like he had uh, Robert facing one way and then all of a sudden he's facing Jean. And the uh, next thing that happened is basically Gene was curled up in a ball crying and screaming for his mom. And when she came in, like the furniture had all been overturned in the son's bedroom. And Gene, uh, yeah, Gene was saying that Robert did it. And the mom doesn't believe him because what doll can a kid do that? Mm. I mean, can a doll can't do that, but can a kid do that? Exactly. So. A few more things happened. Gene got really scared and Gene put Robert in the attic and was like, fuck this shit, I'm out. And so then um, he, the doll had basically, to put it bluntly, had escaped the attic and was in this upstairs bedroom. <laughs> Kids kept seeing Robert in the window. Like they see him sitting in a chair in the window, like looking out. No, I don't like this. Mm, see? Mm-hmm. 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 And so uh, Gene, you know, he was the kids, the neighborhood kids were like, hey, Robert, he's up in there. I see him. He's at the window. Look at the window. And Gene's like, what are you saying? And he's not in the window. And he goes into the attic. No, Robert. He goes into the upstairs bedroom. Sure as shit. There's Robert sitting in the window, right? Looking out the window in the little whatever. So he's like, mm-mm, mm-mm, Robert, you got to go back in the attic. Puts him back up there. You'd hear like giggling and little no, feet no. running uh, on the, you know, because in an attic you look up, you can hear, the, you know, little feet running around. And rather than get rid of the doll, Gene kept Robert throughout his lifetime. And after Gene's parents died, he moved back into their home with his wife, Anne. And he decided that the doll needed a room of his own. So Robert got his own room and he got placed in that original upstairs bedroom with that window that he loved so much. And basically, to keep it short, Gene had Robert forever. He did. He and couldn't get rid of it? Just couldn't chuck it in the trash? I just, he just didn't. I, he just okay. kept him. So here's the thing. He, he, this doll got its own room. Is the doll the problem or is the person that gave the room little column a, a little column b yeah you know? maybe because every time gene locked robert in the attic he always ended up in that upstairs bedroom so i think he just kind of gave up maybe he thought i can't get rid of him because what the fuck's gonna happen if i try i don't know hmm. so uh gene Otto died in the 70s and um when the new owners moved into that home a little girl found 
creepy no. fucking doll. And she's like, wee, no. this looks like a fun toy, which if I, I don't think as a kid, if I ever found an old toy, I wouldn't be like thrilled about it. So I'd be like, this is gross and it's old. It doesn't look very fun. Where's my light bright? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is bullshit. I don't want to play with this. And, um, she was same thing, screaming, saying Robert was moving around the room. Is he possessed? Who knows? But come to find out that nice little servant person who gifted uh, Jean that doll um, was allegedly not treated so nice by Jean's parents oh. and is believed to have cursed the doll with voodoo and or black magic. So that might explain some of the mysterious BS if you believe in it. So Jean, uh, uh, or not Jean, sorry, Robert um, currently resides in a museum in Key West, Florida, and you can see him. And he's in a glass case and you have to ask his permission to take his picture. If you don't ask, apparently bad shit happens. Um, some people that work at the museum have reported seeing a little hand go against the glass or like Gene will, or not Gene, Robert will look at you. Um, and there are letters. And if you go to the museum, you can see the letters on the wall of uh, people's apology letters. So they'll, you know, Jesus. if they're disrespectful to Robert. So same thing with Annabelle, like taunting him or saying something, you know, derisive um or they take his picture without asking permission they go home and bad shit happens to them and they think it's because robert was like okay fuck around find out and so the museum gets joints <laughs> mailed to them they get chocolates <laughs> they get candy they get letters of apology they get all these gifts to try to win robert's forgiveness Nothing cures a curse more than <laughs> like a, a joint. A joint like here, a good, Robert. Good split. <laughs> Smoke this doobie. You'll f you'll forget all about me, my man. This is some good chronic. <laughs> so okay, dolls. Fuck that. Fifty million dollars. You taking a picture of Robert? Yeah. It's fifty million dollars, Lindsay. Can I bring the joint? My life is worth more than fifty million, bro. I don't know. Mine's not. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> my my life insurance isn't even close to that shit. <laughs> okay. Damn, you I'm oh, fuck. I feel like I'm saving the really spooky ones for last, but I feel like even then you're not going to care. But anyway, keep going. Okay. Uh this is one I won't fuck with. Oh. Um, yeah. For not even for 50 million dollars. No, that, that's a lot of money, Lindsay. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that, that, All right, that's... how about a million? Like, a million's a lot, but it's not that much. I'll have to consider it. Like, you, it would you'd be, think about it. You'd have it to take be, a day. Yeah, it would be, I would definitely have to take a day. Okay. Um, this is the Dybbuk box. Dybbuk. Yeah. Okay. So, Dybbuk is um, a dark, evil entity in Jewish folklore. Um, it could be a malicious, like spirit that possesses you or the dislocated soul of a dead person oh see that th um, those are two like you're like i don't know yeah maybe this is they're not even close to being the same thing this is a a sad dead person or it's like an evil evil yeah. entity so it so the word dibbic actually comes from the hebrew word for evil but uh debug which means act of sticking so it, it's so yeah. you're saying that whatever's it's in that box sticks to you. Sticks to you, yeah. Un no. Until you do what it wants. So like, 
basically, like, if you get possessed by a Dybbuk, it'll leave your body once it completes its goal. Or possibly when it's exercised. So, keep How that in mind. How do we know that, though? Well, I, I, I don't we know. Don't it's, know. A of, it's a part of I'm supposed to right? trust that it's going to leave me alone after it does what it wants. You better hope to God it does. <laughs> now, here's the thing. There's a real Dybbuk box. There is? So, so it's not just a myth? So... So in 2001, this is an actual like thing. In 2001, a dude by the name of Kevin Ma- Manis, he was out like just kind of looking at yard sales. He owned a um, like a restoration business, mm-hmm. so he was looking to see what he could purchase to kind of to restore, add to that. Sure. Yeah, and and th- this happened in Portland, by the way, Oregon. Okay. Um. So he goes to this person's yard sale and he sees this old wine cabinet. Um, that this lady was selling. And this lady said that this wine cabinet was actually her grandmother's, who recently passed away at the age of 103. Damn. Um, yeah. And she was a Holocaust survivor named, um, named Havela. I think that's how you pronounce her name, Havela. Um, she actually escaped Nazi-occupied Poland, but her parents, brother, sister, husband... Two of her sons and her daughter were all killed. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, But she, with with some other survivors, were able to flee to Spain, and that's where she lived until the end of the war. Um, Then she immigrated to the U.S., and this wine cabinet was one of the only three items she brought with her. Whoa. Now, when she passed, she told her granddaughter that... Under no circumstances are you to open this door. The door to the wine cabinet? To to the wine cabinet, yeah. She said um, that the grandmother told her to keep it shut and out of reach because there was a dybbuk in there. And so when the granddaughter was like, listen, I'm selling this to you. But, like, just know my grandmother was adamant. That no one were to open it, and you keep it out of reach. You keep it somewhere far, because there's an evil entity in here. I even fucked with it. So the granddaughter didn't even open it. No, the granddaughter didn't even fuck with it. And, like, Manus was like, okay, okay, yeah. For sure, whatever, weirdo. So so we bought it. Um, Because she said, if you open it, bad things are going to happen. And he was like, yeah, for sure. So he was in his mid-30s at the time. He took the box, and he was like, you know what? This would make a great gift for my mother. <laughs> oh, no. So he takes it back to his store, and he's like, I'm going to restore it. And he fucking opens it. Inside, he finds two U.S. wheat pennies dating back to 1925 and 1928, um, two locks of hair, a dried rosebud, a four-legged candlestick, a golden wine cup, and a granite scripture inscribed with the Hebrew word shalom, um, and the Shema, which is a prayer considered to be one of the most important in Judaism, was carved on the back of this cabinet. What? So, like, yeah. That's, there was no box in was So wait, was the wine cabinet a, the Dybbuk box? There was a Dybbuk inside of the wine cabinet. But yeah, the wine cabinet was the Dybbuk box. It was housing oh. this evil spirit. And what were the items there to, like... I don't know. Lock what they, it down. We no don't, one we don't knows. know. Okay. No one knows. Yeah. Those are creepy ass items. Right. So then 
you know, he restored it and gave it to his mother on Halloween. What? Well, he's asking for it. <laughs> so okay. his mother, Ida, said that when she opened the box, she felt this cold breeze coming from it and then experienced what she calls pure evil coming out. And she said she immediately had a stroke. Like What? Opened it, had a stroke. So, oh my gosh. Over the co- course of two years, like weird shit kept having, happening to this family. His sister. My lights just flickered a little bit, but I think it was because the AC was turning on. Um, are, you, are you okay? No, I'm, I'm listening. Okay, you're to fine. You. Yeah. I'm the only so, one that didn't react to that, by okay, the way. Yeah. Dan and I like, looked up and were like, fuck. Um, his sister got creeped out by the cabinet because it kept its doors kept opening on their own. Um, his brother and sister-in-law complained of like weird smells coming from it. They said it smelled like cat urine and jasmine, which is a strange combination. It's a very strange combo. Right? They all experienced the same reoccurring nightmares of an old woman with sunken eyes. And the brother of one of his store employees actually died by suicides shortly after visiting the shop and like accidentally knocking this cabinet off a shelf. And then a couple years later, the worker himself took his own life as well. Damn. Yeah. Um, At one point, uh, Manus, who tried to, who gave this wine cabinet with evil inside to his mother, then tried to force it on his then girlfriend. What? Uh, Yeah. Hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, this motherfucker was just trying to get, like, give it out to the women in his life. He, so, the mom has a stroke. People are saying cat piss and, and jasmine's emanating from this. People keep telling him, Manus, this thing's not good. And this, yeah. he straight he's, up. He's like, hey. Hey, girlfriend. Hey, girlfriend. You want this? Yeah. I what got you this. a piece of shit. Are you kidding? Did yeah. she take it? She kept it for some time, but she like forced him to take it back. What? Because like, and once she forced him to take it back, he began seeing things that he later described as shadow things in his peripheral vision. Um, by 2003, so two years later, he'd had enough. He was like, fuck it, eBay. <laughs> he just put that shit on he eBay? He put that shit on no eBay. No way. And he, yeah. Did he, he, uh, did, was he like honest in his description? He did. He called it a divot box. Uh, and he listed the details on how he got it, the strange things that happened to him and his family, and that he, why he wants to get rid of it. And towards the end of the description, he wrote two words. Help me. Oh, shit. Did anybody buy it? Yep. What it, the? F- yep. Um, oh my and god! People are crazy. Owner, the new owner of the box released a book on the box, uh, and the director of the Museum of Osteopathic Medicine in Kurtzville, Missouri. Um, or sorry, he is the director of the Museum of Osteopathic Medicine in Kurtzville, Missouri. Had studied American antiques and uh, antique artifacts for decades, and he was fascinated by this item. Um, in his book, he details weird shit that happened to him. Um, everything from bleeding eyes to random choking attacks and reoccurring dreams of a creepy old woman. And these were just a few months after buying the box. Now, excuse me, did he, does he still have this box? I believe so, yes. But he bought this in what, 2003, you said? Four? 2004? Uh, this, this new guy bought it in 2011. Oh, or, sorry. No, 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 sorry. Yeah, I think in 2003. Yeah, I think so. I, I can't see it changing additional hands. So he's so. had this thing for almost 20 years. Yeah. The moment my eyes start bleeding, I'm, I'm questioning <laughs> my purchasing right? decision. Yeah, that's it. Like, Back on eBay. On. 
Back on yeah. eBay with you. The first shadow person I see, back on eBay with you. Bitch with sunken eyes, back on eBay with you. I'm not, I'm not here. What, it, what? I don't understand this. This is why people die in horror movies. You see the first sign of trouble, we nope out. There's, not, there's no shame in noping out. <laughs> so, oh, actually, I, I lied. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're going to get a kick out of this. No, I'm sure this I will. This guy sold it in 2016 to Zach Baggins. To Zach fucking Baggins. <laughs> okay. So w- wait a minute now. Is the Dybbuk box in his haunted museum in Vegas it then? It fucking is. And last year, um, Baggins opened the box on an episode of Ghost Adventures. And he supposedly heard it say Kevin, uh, referencing Magnus and evil. Then he heard a child's voice. Yeah. See? All right. And, like, the highlight of the episode episode? uh, was a security camera footage of Baggins and his friend, Post Malone, touching the closed dibbit box prior to him opening it. Why do I see Post Malone doing that shit? That's yeah, exactly so Baggins actually touched it, and then Post Malone was had his hand on his shoulder. But apparently, like Post Malone says, weird shit has happened to him. See, since yeah, okay, look, Zach Baggins, we, he's famous. Yeah, what, what, what you what you deal with, Zach fucking Baggins? Zach fucking Baggins. I think I've said that like four <laughs> times before we started recording. Yeah, I kept you saying did. Zach fucking Baggins, and it's because I told you that I wouldn't. I wouldn't touch Robert or Annabelle for $50 million. Yeah. Zach Baggins touched Annabelle for free. He, Tony Spera pulled Annabelle out of the case and he said, I'm going to have her out of here in the case for like 45 seconds or whatever it was. He said, and he had gloves on. He had these big like <laughs> fucking lead gloves on when he was holding her. And he was like, do not touch the doll. That's all I'm asking you is don't touch it. And Zach is standing there and he like, he's like, oh, whatever and then he like touches the doll he's like i had to touch it it's like what? just the one rule the one the one thing that you had to do was not touch it and you touched it you touched the scariest item in the world and you you touched it and the dibbic box yeah, how many he people fucking are bought saying, it and opened it everybody's saying look man you open it bad stuff happens you open it bad stuff happens you open it bad stuff happens so what does he do he opens it with post malone because that this is so this is why zach fucking baggins <laughs> maybe, maybe he's the cursed item maybe yeah dude i don't even want to know how many curses that guy's got floating around in his aura god and you know i'm glad you brought up zach fucking baggins because he flows into the next item all right do it the Haunted Domes of Arizona. Have you ever heard of them? No. All right. You're about to hear about them. This, so, again, I was trying to make this list based on places that were or things, everything that's a nope for me. So, this Okay, is, yeah. One to ten. Nope. The Haunted Domes of Arizona. Ten. Wow. I'm, I'm not going to the domes. <laughs> There's absolutely no reason for me to go. No way. The Domes of Casa Grande? Yeah, that's the one. That is the one. So... The domes <clears throat> originated as a business uh, building. So originally it was a pretty benign beginning. So what happened is this woman, um, and I honestly, I can't remember her name. It's, it escapes me. It's probably not very important. But, oh, uh, the company was called in- Intercon. And it was a tech company. And they basically made circuit boards for computers, blah, blah. Not very interesting. And so in the 80s, 
Oh, her name's Patricia. Patricia Zeb. So she and her company decided, we're going to go out to Casa Grande, Arizona, and we're going to build our base out there cheap as fuck. We're going to build domes because they're cheap as fuck. And all of the tunnels underground running in between the domes, it'll be awesome. We're going to have a hub that looks like a saucer. Super cool. And they ran out of money, and the bank seized their assets, and the company went under. So the buildings were never completed, and they kind of just were left out in the middle of the desert to rot. And... So people see an empty building. Naturally, we're going to do weird things there. So like have sex. Of course. I'm sure there's probably more than one person that's had <laughs> sex there. I was referring more to like satanic rituals, but okay, I'm that sure that escalated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am positive that um, people have had sex there, but there's uh, allegedly some murder victims there. Um, you know, like people get murdered out in the middle of the desert, either there or were dragged out there. Um, witnesses, some say that there's a cult that, um, involves some robed figures and then they go to the domes and perform blood rituals and sacrifices. Um, and they like the domes because of the shape of the structure. It's a good conduit for like channeling energy and shit. Um, so, and if, if all that is like a little e eh for you, if that wasn't enough, the domes are also the burial ground site for the Anasazi tribe who are ancestors, ancestors of the modern Pueblo Indians. So I've seen a movie or two. I know what happens when you build shit on Indian burial grounds. <laughs> Pet cemetery happens. And <laughs> it's also just not a good thing. It's to kind do. of fucked up. Have we you not know, been not... disrespectful to the Native American people yeah. <laughs> enough? You had to build a saucer on their burial ground. So th there's just so many things about this particular place, right? Enough bad stuff happens. M maybe if you don't believe in ghosts or anything, maybe you just believe in energy. And a lot of negative things have happened in this one space. And if it's true and if domes are a good conduit for energy, possibly there could be something bad there. So what does this have to do with Zach Baggins? What does this have to do with Zach fucking <laughs> Baggins? So, so there have been... Paranormal experiences reported there. So people have reported malfunctioning electronics, tapping and knocking on the domes. Um, people have heard um, or they have reported being attacked by disembodied hands. Um, people have reported these like weird uh, howling sounds coming from these like weird shapes um, being stalked by stuff, um, things whispering in their ears children screaming in the distance. So like a lot of varying horrifying things. So I, and I wish I could remember the name of Zach's show. It's paranormal investigators, ghost stories, destination, destination. I, I don't remember the name of the show, Let but me, I'm looking it up right now. Whatever the name of the show is that Sapita's looking up. They, uh, did an episode on the domes. Um, if I'm not mistaken and ghost adventures. Is that what it is? Yeah. Ghost adventures. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I believe that they went out there and they covered it and I, I can't actually speak to the extent of, um, of what they do in terms of, um, you know, of what they found. Cause I haven't seen the episode, but I have a friend of mine who went out there, um, and, uh, was part of a, um, we'll call it a scouting visit, you know, where you go to the different sites and you, you try to determine, is this place actually haunted? Is it worth covering? What do we see here type of thing? And he was there setting up some equipment. And when he was there, um, he heard this like very 
growly, gravelly voice. Um, and he kind of, you know, threw his hand behind him to, cause he thought it was one of the crew messing with him to, you know, kind of tap them and was like, Hey man, knock it off. And, you know, obviously his hand didn't hit anything. So he turned around and, you know, there was like nothing there and he could see that like the crew were all, you know, at least a hundred feet away from him. So physically impossible for them to do something that quickly and be that far away. <laughs> nope. And so he noped out and this guy, he's a super brave fucking guy. Like nothing, <laughs> nothing shakes this guy. He's, he's pretty solid and he's very, um, we'll say used to this type of stuff. He uh, claims to be very in tune with this kind of a realm. So Mm -hmm. stuff like this doesn't shake him. I mean, I've heard him say some really weird shit Mm -hmm. and it didn't face him, but this faced him. And he said, I'm out of here. You guys can do this on your own. I'm out. And he left. He didn't, he didn't do the rest. So based on that, because I know this guy and I know how solid he is and he said, nope, there is (laughs) no reason for me to say anything other than nope. (laughs) to the domes of Casa Grande. 50,000, so. 50, 50 no, million dollars. Absolutely not. 100 million, I'm not doing it. Fuck, That's man. how serious I am about For not doing it. For $100 million, dollars, Dan no. and I are going to pitch a tent and spend the night. And spend the night there. You know what? You, you know guys, what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you guys have fun fucking weird shadow people and you let me know how that is and I will start planning your funerals with, and then I will use that $100 million that you guys won't get to live to spend. I mean, I won't mess with the burial ground just out of respect. That's what I'm so. saying, okay. dude. Well, yeah. That's okay, like, fine. Out of respect. Just haven't they suffered that. enough? Gosh, I, I don't know. See, I hear Indian burial ground. I'm like, mm-mm. <laughs> what did you say? But really We could donate no. all of that oh to the Pueblo Indians. It's true. That's true. When, but at that, point, all that, money at that point, <laughs> they're going to get $98 million. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One, one for me, one for you. Well, so I'm going to end on a, well, I don't know. So the, the one I chose to end on, it basically segues into next week's episode on no-no oh. games. Oh, God. Which Look, if I didn't like today, I'm really going to hate the next episode. Yeah, yeah, you are. Um, <laughs> I'm going to talk about Bloody Mary. And I'm not doing it, so don't ask me to do well, it. Well, yeah, we are. We're going to do no. it right after this. No, we're not. Yeah, we are. No, we're not. I'm not doing it. Come on, man. You do it. I'll wait outside. I've done it. Haven't you done it? No. Hell no. You've never done Bloody Mary. Fuck no. No way, man. No. <laughs> I'm a little bitch. No way. <laughs> do it for the podcast. No. Do 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 it for all of our listeners. Do, do what? Do what? Embarrass myself? No. 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 If it's bad for you, it's good for us. You know what? I'll ponder it. I'm not okay. doing it today. All right. All right. All right. Well, you might. Um, so... <laughs> Bloody Mary is a ghost, phantom, or spirit conjured to reveal the future. Um, Her apparition may be benign, or it could be malevolent, depending on the legend that you like to adhere to. Her appearances are mostly witnessed in a group or by a man who is about to die. Historically, though, this ritual encouraged young women to walk up a flight of stairs backwards, holding a candle and a hand mirror in a darkened house. And as they gazed into the mirror, they were supposed to catch a view of their future husband's face. So, like, gazing into the future. However, if they saw a skull or the Grim Reaper, that means that they might die before they get married. Um, today, and no greater though, fate, huh? Sorry? No greater fate for the old ladies yeah. back in the day. All right. 
Um, however, today, Bloody Mary apparently uh, appears to individuals or groups who invoke her name in the dark as they chant her, like as they chant Bloody Mary thirteen times into a mirror in a dimly lit or candlelit room, and her apparition allegedly appears as a corpse or a witch or a ghost. It could be friendly or evil. Um, it's sometimes seen covered in blood because, you know, Bloody Mary. Um, and, you know, participants can, she can even, she could either be screaming at the participants, cursing them, maybe strangling them, stealing their soul, drinking their blood, can, or scratching their eyes can, out. Can I ask a question? Yeah. None of those that you listed were telling the future, giving words of encouragement, a well-placed high five. <laughs> it wasn't even like a one in five chance that something good would happen. So why in the fuck would anyone, anyone it's play Bloody Mary? It's no. I've played nope. Bloody Mary. Dan, have you played Bloody Mary? Nope. You're going to play Bloody Mary? Yeah. I don't know. Dude. Let's do it. You guys live on the edge. Let's do it. So Bloody Mary, I'm not doing just it. a real quick thing. A lot of people believe that Bloody Mary is actually the spirit of Mary Tudor, who was the daughter of Henry Tudor and his first wife, Catherine of Aragon. She's half-sister to Elizabeth I, and she actually ruled England before her sister. Um, during the first year of her reign, many pro prominent Protestants actually fled because she was very Catholic. Um, mm. Those who stayed behind and persisted in publicly proclaiming their beliefs became targets of laws that carried a brutal punishment, which was burning at the stake at the time. Um, so her legacy is that she was responsible for burning 280 Protestants um, at the stake. These executions are the main reason for her unfortunate nickname, Bloody Mary, and as and are cited as justification for labor labeling her as one of the most evil humans of all time. Some people even depict her as being a flesh-eating zombie. So, I think we should do it. No. But no. this kind of goes into next week's episode, um, which Lindsay will not be okay with. No. <laughs> that's, you're gonna, that's what you're going to be hearing for an hour. next. Is it me just going, no. Mm-mm. <laughs> And on that, uh, Dan's been giving me the wrap it up symbol <laughs> for a little while. Thank God I couldn't take any more. <laughs> uh, we want to hear from you, though. Send us your ghost stories or your not ghost stories. Email us at, uh, I forgot our email, oh, two, two salty, salty broads at gmail.com. Um, follow us. We're on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at two salty broads. I'm Sapita. And I'm Lindsay. Thanks for listening. And remember, stay, stay salty. salty.